Mohawk, I just want to say thank you for coming on. I know that you got, I'm sure, tons of shit going on right now. Thank you for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. I just wanted to take the time and the start of this just to talk about... um, Oh, sorry. Just to talk... Thank you, Jake. Uh, Just to talk about kind of what's going on. You know, I know that there's some sensitive information and I just wanted to like talk about it for people who don't know what's happening. Uh, Yeah, I can give you a brief synopsis of what's going on. Uh, Essentially, I got arrested at a protest about police brutality and defunding ICE. Um, They sent police officers to brutalize us at a police brutality protest, thus validating a lot of our criticisms about their behavior. They uh, kettled us. They pepper sprayed us. They beat the living hell out of us. Um, yeah, we were unarmed. I was unarmed. They uh, arrested me. They they um, interrogated me. Uh, they locked me up. I didn't get to talk to my attorney for a while. Um, after my bond hearing, I was told that uh, I couldn't be near a skateboard because they're considering a skateboard a deadly weapon. Um, because I was arrested for uh, aggravated battery on an officer um, because an officer got hit with a skateboard from the video. You know, it don't it don't really look like me. And one of the judges was even like, yo, we can't tell if that's you in the video or not. That kind of doesn't look like anything. Um, It's just a cluster. Uh, All we can see is grip tape uh, making contact with a helmet. And like all skateboards got grip tape and there's a lot of skateboarders out there. So it just. It don't really look like nothing, but we're going to leave you on house arrest anyway. So even though every uh, judge that has been talked to has been like, don't put him on house arrest. Like this is this is his first time ever getting arrested. And like he ain't got no criminal record. He's not a danger to the community. They've been putting me on house arrest anyway. Uh, My bond got paid the day it was posted and they kept me for four days. Um, And I didn't even know that my bond had been paid. And initially there was a complication because they thought I didn't have anywhere to stay. And part of that complication was the Chicago Police Department put my address on the Internet, thus putting myself and my uh, housemates in danger because I'm one of the only black people that lives on that block. So when you drop where my block is, you know, that puts me in immediate danger. So I've been getting death threats from white supremacists. People have been threatening to hurt other people I know and come up and kill them and come to like court and shoot me and other people. And. I've been dealing with that. Um, I'm and and because I'm getting charged with a class two felony, I'm now in more trouble than the police officers that murdered Breonna Taylor, the officer that murdered uh, Rakia Boyd, uh, any it, anybody that has anything to do with Trayvon Martin or uh, Mike Brown or Oscar Oscar Grant or Philando Castile or. Tony McDade or anybody else, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm in more trouble for, like, being in the vicinity of somebody that got hit with a skateboard than most officers are for murdering people for when they break into somebody's house and they shoot the wrong person in the wrong house. So that's fun to deal with. And and what's wild is, like, in between now and uh, – in between right now and my very first court date, because I just got indicted uh, Friday, the Chicago Police Department. So the people that interrogated me, the people that are on the news calling me a monster and the uh, people that locked me up and, and decided that I was guilty before I even got proven anything. You know what I'm saying? The, the, they didn't they didn't kill like four or five people in between initially arresting me and uh, my 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 last court date. So you so they didn't kill people. They didn't kill more people. And I'm still in more trouble for being in the vicinity with a skateboard, like straight up in that video. It just it don't look like nothing. And it was to the point where the judge that was hearing over uh, my bond review was like, I can't tell if that's him or not. And that alone should have been the end of the conversation, but it's not. So, dude, that's, I'm just going to have to be dealing with this for a few months. That's really fucked. I just I can't even understand like all there's no logic in this whole thing at least from what i've heard so i'm dude i'm fucking sorry that you have to deal with this like honestly you were out there doing what 
most people should be doing and now you're being penalized in a very unfair way and i don't know man it's just fucked i'm just hoping that this all goes over really well i'd also like to highlight as mohawk mentioned that uh the entire process both for mohawk himself and for his supporters has been very deliberately full of misinformation and miscommunication um there's been a lot of mix-ups on court dates court locations uh whether or not his lawyer has been able to contact him especially while he was in jail um uh, when uh, me and his other roommates were trying to find him, the police did not give us the correct information for several hours, and we were running around the whole city trying to find him. Um, we were told initially that Mohawk was hit in the head, um, and we were told that... And you he, couldn't talk to him. You were just like... We had no oh, idea. Is, he, is our friend in trouble? Like, we had no idea where he was, what was going on. We didn't know if he had a head injury or how serious that could have been. We had no idea if he had COVID because Cook County Jail is one of the worst hotspots for COVID in the country. Um, thankfully, Mohawk called me the morning he was being released and confirmed that none of those things happened. He's fine, or at least yeah. he was physically fine at the time. Um and but it's it's still just the the residual lack of communication uh, the way they even released him mm-hmm. was really crazy because they were uh, as mohawk mentioned we paid his bail uh, mm-hmm. immediately as soon as it was available for us to pay uh, it was a lot of money um we want to thank the chicago bond fund for helping with that um he uh he was supposed to be released uh, on a monday or that's when his bail was paid immediately um, they kept him for an additional three days, citing that they needed three days to put an ankle monitor on him, which <laughs> fuck, doesn't. Dude. And take- what Mohawk? What are you doing at this point? You're just sitting there, like you don't even know what's yeah, happening. I didn't. I didn't know my bail was paid. He didn't. Really? He had no idea his bail was paid. He hadn't talked to an attorney for like two days while he was in jail. Uh, his his lawyer was very angry and trying to get into the jail to talk to Mohawk to just establish any level of communication with him. And they were trying to cite it as like a COVID precaution, but it was just like a civil rights violation. Yeah. Um, Just every step of the way, they've been making this more difficult than it needs to be. Um, And as Mohawk also mentioned, he he has a clean criminal record. He's he doesn't even drive. He doesn't have a parking ticket. He has nothing. Um, Right. My record is cleaner than half of the people who work for the Chicago Police Department. Yeah, like he's he's very clearly not a danger to society. He he's very clearly a supportive member of society. Mohawk has several years of humanitarian uh, activism and involvement in a lot of communities that desperately need help, um, and a lot of those communities are now paying it forward by trying to help him out in the situation he's in. Goddamn. Well, I hope that you know this can get out to people too and be like a cohesive package because sometimes social media can be so fragmented and i don't know i mean i've been following the story through jake and you know there was a lot of misinformation in in just the sense that you didn't know what was even fully going on and like we're all just kind of sitting there waiting to hear what happens but yeah man i'm just glad you're safe i'm glad we can have this combo now and uh i also want to ask what can people do to help currently like how i saw that you you can send a letter or an email to your state's attorney that's something you were promoting how do people absolutely um people uh what they can do is if people want to help me they can go to my um instagram which is mohawk johnson or they can go to the campaign page free my nigga mohawk that is the on correct. Instagram and they can click the link in the bio and the first blurb in the link tree is email the state's attorney. And what it does is it emails uh, the state's attorney's office demanding that the charges against me be dropped because they are unfounded and messy. And that that's something that can be done every day. And you don't have to live in the city of Chicago to do it. The email is pre-filled out. You just have to type your name and the city you live in at the bottom. And then clicks in. So people, it is, it, it costs zero dollars to do. It is a very easy process. It takes 30 seconds to finish. And if people can do that, that would immediately help in a lot of what's going on. So if we could just let the state's attorney know that like I have support out here because a lot of what happens is, is they railroad people and they make people feel isolated. 
and they especially were protesters because part of the house arrest for protesters is keeping people off of the street so that they can't protest more. So this is strategic, uh, putting people like me and other people on house arrest so that we can't be out in the street, um, you know, going head to head with like some of the powers that be that are like harming the city and harming this country. So if they can incentivize protesters to stay home by scaring them with felony charges, um, by using me as an example and by putting people on house arrest and making everything difficult for them, um, they can keep people from protesting because the last thing I think any city or state or country that oppresses its people wants is for its people to stand up and say, yo, we have the power to do something about this. So if I can get a few hundred emails going into the state's attorney, that'd be great. You know, there are over a thousand people liking my Instagram and there are over a thousand people on the free my nigga Mohawk page. If every single one of those people click that link and click send on one email a day, like all you got to do is type your name once a day and then click send. Yeah, that would, and that's so easy and you can do it once a day. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I you can did, do it once a day. If, if you want to do it, if you want to do it a couple of times a day, that's on you. You know, I'm not going to tell you what to do. You grown, but, uh, just <laughs> that alone would help immensely. And, and that's ever hell. If all the people who watch my personal story on Instagram did it, that's around two to 300 emails a day. And that costs nothing. That's dope, man, man. I'm glad that people are hopping on board with this. Cause yeah, I could totally see that if you didn't have people in your life to promote this and tell people about it, you would just be sitting there like alone, just being like, fuck, I hope that everything goes well. At least you, you know, I would probably still be incarcerated. I might be dead. They could have killed me. And that's something I think about all the time. Um, because when I got arrested and they put me in the car, they didn't tell me what I was arrested for initially. And then when they brought me, uh, through one of the sergeants, um, yelled out in the bullpen, this is the guy that hit the officer with a skateboard. This guy's going to prison. So now I got like a room of 75 people with guns jeering at me and making me feel terrified. So like, I'm just in there, like, I just hope they don't kill me. I'll do whatever they want. I'll, I'll, I'll give y'all anything. Just don't murder me right now. And, and that's what they want. They just, they, they want people terrified. Uh, because if you can get people terrified, you can get convictions because they'll, because people will say anything just to get out of jail and just to get out of trouble and just to, to lessen the blow when they feel like they're surrounded. It's like, it's sort of like rolling over and showing somebody a soft underbelly and saying, yo, I'm not a threat to you. Please don't kill me. And that's, and that's kind of the position they put me in. Cause I was surrounded, you know, I wasn't, I didn't have representation yet. Um, I didn't even know why I was under arrest initially. God damn, it's a lot. I mean, I just can imagine if I had to go through that, it would just be, I'd be fucked up by it for a long time, dude. I hope that you're, you know, you're okay mentally. And I mean, I know that you're Word. like, you're a, you bring light to a lot of really dark things and you're, you know, you're a funny guy. So I, I don't know. I just, mm -hmm. you just got to keep thinking about that shit. Cause that's so fucked that that happened. But just to like, kind of slightly sum up this part uh mm -hmm. you know like what's going on right now you know you're just waiting right you're just waiting for your trial yeah right now i'm just waiting for trial i got indicted friday officially uh, this is after two months of waiting and two months of being on house arrest um and after days of being incarcerated i'm probably going to be on house arrest for the entirety of trial I've just accepted that as an inevitability. That's what they want for me. Um, like we say innocent until proven guilty, but like nobody, nobody does that. Nobody acts like that. And again, I'm still being, I'm still being held accountable for what could have been if the officer wasn't wearing a helmet. And if I was the person that did it and yeah, we don't know ifs. if I did it. And, and like, there's a lot of ifs. Uh, the video that, that's showing the officer getting attacked, you can't even see my tattoos in the video. I got tattoos all over my arms and neck. You can't see them. All right, man. Well, fuck, yeah, that, all of that. But I want to kind of transition to the album now. And speaking of tattoos, mm -hmm. I, I heard on the album you said that one of your first tattoos was a Pokemon tattoo. My first tattoo was a Pokeball on my right arm. 
word. Yeah, that I was, was like, my well, first I wonder text. what it is. To to clarify, Mohawk yeah. Mohawk is a fiend for Pokemon. He knows every single one. He can tell you all their stats. He can tell you their Pokedex entries. He has played all the games. Um, watches the show still. Um, I mean, Mohawk can definitely speak more to his uh, affinity for Pokemon, but. That's definitely. I got I got some Pokemon questions coming up. I mean, let's just start out with some fun questions. Um, you know, the whole point of Pokemon is to catch them all, right? But let's say that you couldn't, and you could only choose one Pokemon. What what would that be? That you? Oh, don't do that to me. Ah, why you do that? <laughs> okay, and then also like. I don't know if you're a fan of like all like the the new Pokemon or if you're kind of like a strict 150 guy like the originals or. You know, I think every generation, I think every generation has something to offer, because when you make a bunch of stuff, all of them can't be ugly. Like it's hard for all of it's hard of all of one thing to be horrible all the time. Like that's difficult unless from the ground up it was built bogus. Um, uh, if I have to have one Pokemon, it's either going to be Charizard or Infernape. Okay. Infernate is which era? Uh, Gen 4. That's Sinnoh. That's the Sinnoh fire type starter final evolution. Firefighting type. The second firefighting type in the uh, trilogy of them doing the same thing over and over again. Fire type. I, I, I see. That yeah. makes sense. <laughs> Based on the, the album name, you know. Yeah, the album yeah. It does a really... Mohawk did a really interesting job of kind of transitioning back and forth from the narrative of a Pokemon, like evolving and growing up in the world of Pokemon and uh -huh. his story with a lot of the struggles he's dealt with and a lot of the experiences he has to share that uh, speak to his humanity and his involvement in everything. Mm -hmm. and, and this was all recorded before, uh, well before the incident he's, he's going through now. Um, but he, it, it really adds a lot of character to who Mohawk is and it's really fascinating. Yeah, no, it was fascinating listening to it because you were speaking from the point of view of a Pokemon. And I don't know. I wonder if that's any different than if you were thinking of yourself as someone that catches Pokemon. You know, I just I just didn't think of it like that. Be actually being a Pokemon. You know what I mean? Also, I wanted to ask if you're a fire type, what is Jake? What oh. elemental type <laughs> is Jake? Please don't say normal type. <laughs> yeah. Only, only Jake can answer that. Jake, what do you think? What am I? Are you like the water to his fire? Or, I mean... <laughs> no, that, that feels weird. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. That's a tough one. I think um, if I had to choose, maybe like... I really enjoy like, not to be emo, but like dark types are really fun. Uh-huh. Um, and like, I'm I'm actually playing through some of the old Gen two games, so like I really like some of the. I guess I do kind of like some of the water types, like, like silver and gold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, birds, like flying types. There's, oh, okay. a, there's a bunch of cool flying types because flying types are always something else too. Like there's Charizard, Fire Flying, right, Dragonite, yeah. Dragonfly. Like there's always like Dragon or flying types always have like more to offer it's really interesting i feel like you could be like a zapados type because mm. i don't know i just think of electronic music like oh, you're sure. an electric type <laughs> i don't know maybe i've thought about it too much but that's what this is this is supposed to be fun yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> mohawk i'm surprised you didn't have an answer for me uh you know just because i i feel like i don't i'm not in the game of assigning people their type you feel me yeah, that's fair enough. That, that's fair. I feel like, I feel like that's not what I'm here for. I'm, I'm here, like I know what I am, and because I know what I am, I feel like people know what they are. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. You shouldn't be like if I, if I get to self like Pokemon is about freedom, yo. Like if I get to self determine, you get to self determine. Pokemon is all about the freedom to kidnap animals and make them do your bidding. <laughs> yeah, say, isn't it like the opposite of freedom? Like you're taking them it's out of the wild. It's all about freedom. <laughs> it's all about friendship and adventures. <laughs> and dog fighting your Pokemon. No, I'm just kidding. The, for the, that's the adventure. <laughs> Word. You all can't right. call it, you can't call it dog fighting if my Pokemon is a turtle. With cannons. That's true. Your pocket money. That's not a dog. They really invented a whole new thing there. It's not a dog. 
How do you feel about Yu-Gi-Oh or like other card games? Are we are we Yu-Gi-Oh? All fair game. Oh, oh, pardon my yawn. Yu-Gi-Oh. I don't understand synchro summoning, so I haven't been in the Yu-Gi-Oh since Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, ooh, I want to say five Ds. That's that's when I jump ship. Uh huh. It just it got too heavy. It got too complicated. Um, I think I think Yami Yugi has the sexiest voice in all anime. When when Yugi turns into the big pharaoh dude, when he when he grows two feet and gets a bunch of extra belts on his outfit, um, man has the smoothest, most buttery voice in all the anime dubs because dubbing is usually really bad. But now nah, Yami Yugi was killing shit. Hell yeah! I just wanted to ask about it because it's like I don't know. People can get kind of tribal about what they're into and i didn't know if it was like yeah i'm a pokemon person fuck Yu-Gi-Oh and magic and all that stuff i just bro i I used to play magic the gathering while loving pokemon i have a pokemon arm tattoo and a digimon neck tattoo you feel me oh, like, I... yeah it's all fair game for mohawk oh dude digimon yeah. god damn yeah i have the i have izzy's crest the crest of knowledge so like uh mega kabuterimon and them like i have that on my neck so I I like Digimon. Digimon is valid. I love the song. Honestly, all those shows have banger songs. Like they kind of slap, yeah. 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 Um, all right. Well, to stick on Pokemon just for a second, I just wanted to ask, like, if there were any Pokemon that were just too elusive, like that you just had too much trouble catching. I don't think I ever had a golem. Generation one, any of the Pokemon that you had to trade to make evolve, I never had them. None of them, like Alakazam, Gengar. Because I didn't have anyone to, I didn't have anyone to trade with. Real, okay. Mm. You didn't have that like cable ancient technology that was like. So I had the cable. I didn't. I had the cable. I didn't have friends. Oh, well, now well. you have friends. Yeah, now we can trade. <laughs> and I have two Game Boys. Yeah, like Jake and I can trade now, but like growing up, I never had a Golem or an Alakazam. Um, I I I would catch Gengar in Gen Four because uh, with the um, backwards compatibility, you could put like any like Pokemon Game Boy Advance game into your uh, DS or your DS Lite, and you could go into the old Chateau and uh, Sinnoh in a turn of forest and if you hit a on the painting a gengar would pop out and you could fight it and catch it as long as you had one of the old games what the in the bottom that's how you got gengar i had no idea that was a thing yo that's a (laughs) yeah no no, um uh seno was doing that that's how you got a lot of pokemon over if you weren't using the pal park to like transfer pokemon over uh in the post game uh in the post game you could play um you, if you put fire red into uh, your game, you could catch a Growlithe and a Horde encounter on certain routes and like an Elekid on certain routes and other Pokemon on certain routes. Um, if you did leave green, you can get like Sand True and other shit. Um, there were some, if you put certain games in, you could catch the Viper and Horde encounters. You could get Zangoose and Horde encounter. And I don't mean like... Horde encounters, like, where 13 Pokemon attack you at once, like, in the newer games. I mean, like, old school, where they would say you could catch, where you would turn on the TV in Pokemon in the game, and the news would announce that there are rare Pokemon on a certain route, and they would name the Pokemon. And it would be a version exclusive from the Game Boy Advance game Word. that you could only catch in that version. Dude. I told you he knows these games. Yeah, like you know your <laughs> shit. Like, the references in some of the songs, talking about, like, seismic... Uh, fucking seismic toss. seismic toss toss yeah and like hydro pump and like i even just like in um the second track the trainer battle um i believe it's called in the start of that one you know it's got that like like it has that feeling like they, they you're yep. entering the battle which i always fucking love that's exactly that. what we wanted that's exactly what we wanted dude that's exactly how that came together in my apartment. Mohawk was uh, sitting down and was like, I want to like have people literally dive in like they're in a trainer battle and they got caught by another trainer and like have to like fight to move forward. Yeah, and, like, like, fuck. 
yeah so it it's scary dude <laughs> like it, it creates a really cool sense of like tension and like right. uh progression but also like that nostalgia of, yeah, you talked about where it's like it's like whoa i feel like i'm eight years old again like right let's go and yeah i think that was a really really cool idea mohawk brought Yeah, come on, Mohawk, 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 Mohawk. Bulbasaur, I get green, Caterpie with that string shot, fuck nigga got no speed, raise a leaf in his inbox, told Devin make that thing bop, made a beat in his basement, make a nigga throw hands round here, that's the way we make statements, fuck niggas wanna ride ways, fuck niggas can't learn surf, niggas worry about 5G, but a nigga can't make his girl squirt, bet you scared what she learn worth, leave your ass for a rich nigga, take it out on the whole hood, but you can't fight so you pull triggers, fuck nigga move out my way, fuck nigga I'm making waves, fuck nigga ain't got no pay, fuck nigga I'm getting paid, You guys ever heard of uh it's a youtube channel called 8-bit music theory i've heard of it i haven't paid any attention to it i don't know what that is but the the thought of it is giving me a mild direction <laughs> yeah so uh, especially mohawk now that mohawk has ableton as of like very recently uh he's trying to learn how to make beats and do all the same stuff as the rest of us and uh you definitely might need to check that channel out if it's gonna help you make more pokemon beats Oh, yeah, dude. Well, two things. I mean, first of all, I think it, since you've been making music for a long time, Mohawk, like getting the beats down and having like your crew of people, you'll be up and producing in literally no time at all. Secondly, I was just going to say, yeah, this channel, they have an episode where they break down all the different types of intro battles where like just and like the music theory behind creating one of those like ramping up sounds it's it's pretty dope i would check it out i'll send you guys the link after this please yeah yeah i got a question um so i don't remember which song it was but you were talking about like how your dad is charizard legendary encounter so does that make you a charmander does that make you i don't did you i'm a char I mean, um, 005 is Charmeleon's Pokedex number, and 006 is Charizard's Pokedex number. So I've evolved. Uh, it's him evolving on the album. My dad is just a different, older Charizard. Oh, but you are a Charizard. Yeah, like I am also, I'm also a, a Pokemon League champion. I'm just a bit of a jerk because I've been living in my dad's shop. It's just, it's that classic, my dad's a celebrity, and I'm a celebrity in his own in my own right, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to like do my own thing. And my dad was really hard on me because my dad wanted me to succeed him. If you've seen My Hero Academia, imagine Endeavor and Shoto Todoroki, that story. Okay. I'm sure someone who's listening knows exactly what you're talking Someone's about. Gonna, I don't. Someone <laughs> that that's for somebody's going to get that, that and be like, like yeah. 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 That niche. Somebody's going to be like, yo, mo. Mohawk knows what he's doing, and and that and good for you, person who got that. My father is. That yeah. one's for you. Yeah, that one's for you. Do you know? Blame throwing. Barbecue that magnemite like it's game over. Whoa, 15 on that PP, I'm a thing blowing. Whoa, got your girl in my pokeball and she bent over. She bent over. Fuck nigga. Hit a nigga with some body shots, say you stuck nigga. Whoa, empty pockets when you turn over. Cup nigga. Play with me 
he likes to play in traffic. Truck niggas, oh, good luck niggas. Fuck niggas wanna play games. Fuck niggas got a lost save. Fuck nigga with a low fade. No high top, watch him fly away. HMO2, big hits, big moves. Big ass, big boobs. Smoke grass, my shrooms. No beef, no Toros, no fires yet. Need more smoke. I thought a funny nigga said something. Y'all crack me up, nigga. Egg yo. Speed up, nigga. Slow poke, swim through shit, nigga. Backstroke. Tall shit, get your ass showed. Nigga felt funky, then he got croaked. Get Pac Man, no Namco. Wanna dance, nigga? Come tango. Tell the whole hood to show up like we sold tickets, Fandango. Y'all serve sweet like, like editor. I run the trees, branch man. Manager. Catch me on canal, no Panama. Get your clock clean, no janitor. My dad was the. He is the Charizard on the on the box art. On the first box art, that was him. That was him on, on red. That was my dad. He's the league champion. Um, dude, fucking hydro pump that shit. Oh my god, is ridiculous and. I didn't know that Nada produced that, but yeah. that shit is hard. It's like some rhythm. DJ it's like the crazy. perfect type of uh, song for that. Like, because rhythm's got that like suction feeling to it, where it's like, mm. boom, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, yeah. it feels like pressure and release just the entire time. And like, I don't know, that shit just went hard. I mean, do you guys have anything to say about, like, the production of that or, like, just how it came together? Uh, so, DJ, for the most part, I, I didn't hear from him a whole lot while he was putting the beats together for, for his contribution to the album. But once, there was one day he came over and was like, oh, let me let me get you these because it was kind of towards the end and I was kind of wrapping everything up to, to get it ready to put out. Um, and he was like, oh, I have this beat called Hydro Pump that Mohawk was work, uh, asked me to work on and uh he showed it to me and like i don't like dubstep or rhythm too much um but like when i heard that i was like why like this is insane like, yeah, it's so yeah, yeah, fun. Yeah. um and i revisited it a little bit with mohawk and finished mixing it um but like nada dj if you're listening you you stole the album that was incredible You hop at your body. I got a gun, it's a shoddy. Get that nigga cold like you naughty. He dead, take his shots and a got me. Flash your ass ball, Donald Trump. The shoddy two times double pump. Make a bitch nigga run for his jump. This thing got six shots of pump. Yo. This thing got six hits on your pump. 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 Okay, that's fun. Legend like a better gross. They can still type, make a do the most. Hop on the station, they booing. Yo, girl at my crib, what she doing? Throw that ass back like a movie. I got me about six all in groupies. I call my daddy the cameraman. If he see me, he gon' shoot. Shit, man, slow this beat down real quick, nigga. Damn. Damn, Nada did that. Nada did that shit, bro. I don't... This shit got me hype. You know what I'm saying? Shit, this is this the type of shit make a nigga want to get ready to scream and shit, you know what I'm saying? It's all tranquil, but you know it's going to come, it's going to hit. This shit going to hit real soon. Like in a couple of seconds, nigga, this shit goes. Turn up. I keep it still like a mannequin. I got the force, call me Anakin. I heard you was talking that shit. Pulled out to your crib, now you panicking. Flow is so big, it's gargantuan. Play the game like it's a mandolin. Run a bus like it's the Vatican. They thought it was sweet like a mandarin. D- DJ is one of those people where like DJ's um one of those people who like you can you can really tell you can tell how much he loves music by like the way he makes it like and I don't and like not just love in love with his ability to make it he literally loves music his discography because I lived with DJ for a year um, and I went to college with DJ and DJ has been one of my best friends for a very long time. And I love him very dearly. Um, and what I, D, DJ is just, 
His discography is humongous. It encompasses a myriad of genres. He listens to everything. And he he's one of those people who could find something in every genre and be like, yo, this slaps. And I, I continue to make the joke uh, before COVID was a thing. Um, DJ would be out at shows every weekend. And the joke was always that if you if you see DJ at the show you're doing, that's the coolest thing you could be doing in Chicago that evening. Because <laughs> DJ's there and he's dancing and he's killing oh. it. And like, it's like Mohawk. Yeah. Yeah. He has such a love for like all music and all like creativity. It's and it radiates and that's that's exactly what he I did f- i album. feel like dancing mm-hmm. is kind of like the worship of music in a sense yeah. especially like dance music it's like the you're respecting the music by moving to mm-hmm. it and like yeah. getting in the groove of it absolutely yeah. dan- dan- dancing is your dancing is your body agreeing with what the musician is trying to tell you yeah yeah i agree with that i'd also like to point out mohawk is also very very good at no dancing. yeah <laughs> mohawk is you guys are both do i remember i said the whitest shit to you one time literally <laughs> like i was at a con- i don't remember it was some show that you guys put on and i remember i was telling you i was like dude you and dj are just like such good dancers and then after i said it, i was like I could not be any whiter. I don't know, like <laughs> how I could have done that. You could try living with. Cam you could have. You could have eaten a spoonful of mayonnaise right after saying yeah, it. Like, <laughs> mm, yum, tasty. Like, yeah. Same. Mm, it looks like me. Mm. G like. Uh, yeah, no, but uh, yeah, DJ is amazing, and DJ and I were a part of the same dance group for a long time. That's how DJ and I met. That's how Nada and I met. Uh, we were going to school together. And he and I would see each other at every party and dance together and then not talk <laughs> because we knew we'd see each other at the next event. And then like junior year, we we're like, fuck it. I'm, I was, I'm going to talk to this dude and I'm going to make him my friend. And now we friends. And it has been the most emotionally fulfilling like friendship I've ever had. He is the most supportive person I know. Um, he has stood by me through thick and thin. He has seen me at my worst and he has seen me at my best. And I, I owe him so much. I, and I've told people this before, I would not be alive if DJ hadn't saved me because he has actually saved me from, from hurting myself, like on purpose. Like he's actually saved my life. Every time I talk to me, such a genuine guy, he just always um, is really caring and like actually interested in um, what you're talking about. And DJ cares about people. DJ, DJ is just one of the better people in the world. Like if, if I don't know if I believe in the concept of heaven, but he's going. <laughs> but he's going. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's yeah. on the short list. He's going. going wherever people go. That's good. He's he first class ticket. Yeah. VIP section. Yeah, dude. Go go check out Nada for anyone that. And he's out in Vegas, right? He's like dancing, or he's not he's there. He's, he's here. here. Yeah. Oh, okay, I thought that he was like. Yeah, COVID. COVID got in the way of a lot of that. Yeah, that, a lot of other people's stuff. That makes sense. Um. Well, I kind of just wanted to ask, like, if there was anything that when you guys were making this album, anything that just, like, stands out that was a theme that you guys, like, came back to or just, like, any type of production style that you guys, like, specifically wanted to implement. Like, I know there's that one song kind of sounds like Lavender Town. And, like, I know you guys definitely were trying to get, like, the Game Boy sounding shit. I mean, when we talk about sounds and sound design, I was definitely hard on, yo, sample this sound effect from the game and turn that into a snare and do this with that and do this with that because I wanted, I wanted the game, I, I wanted the, I wanted the album to feel familiar enough to Pokemon fans that um, when they play the game or when they when they listen to the, see, I'm getting the game and the album mixed up because that's where I am mentally. Um, yeah, when they're listening to the album, they feel like they're turning on their Game Boy and playing Pokemon Red, or like po- or or their Game Boy Advance and playing Pokemon Fire Red. I think Fire Red is the definitive way to pay- to play that game, to play Gen One. 
Oh, if you want to play Zelda. Yeah, the remake for Game Boy Advance. Yeah, Fire Red and Leaf Green are definitely the definitive versions of that game. If I can also chime in on this question, um, from a production standpoint, uh, so Mohawk would hang out at my old place when I was living by myself. He would like crash on the couch for weekends and we would like go get fried chicken, come back, watch YouTube videos about Pokemon, and then like start working, like brainstorming and putting his album together. And it was a really, really fun era of just like having nothing to do but think about Pokemon and how to incorporate it with music. Um, and we came up with uh, what, I mean, at least at this point, I'd like to think there are a lot of really cool ideas for how the album came together. Um, something that was really interesting for me was like, um, like, I mean, like with all electronic and even with hip hop music, there's a lot of really like corny and like uninspired sounding Pokemon themed music. Yeah, right. They just throw like the yeah. sample in there and they're like, it's Pokemon. And put an 808. Yeah. And for me and for everybody involved with putting the album together, we wanted it to definitely capture the, the, the full aura of what Mohawk was going for and have that familiarity and like immediately resonate as like oh this is pokemon themed and like this is what he wants to be without it landing really stale and like having that yeah, like a rip off or like of gimmicky that. in a way so like yeah. people will come back to it and be like oh this is also still a good album yeah it's like you guys released like a new version of a game mm -hmm. and they like you guys went through and like reworked the songs or like reworked yeah it was a lot of really interesting balances to try and strike um i at this point i definitely feel like we landed at a decent spot with it and i mean the important thing is mohawk's happy with it yeah i mean it goes hard dude <laughs> i'm not gonna lie like i was listening to it today again and i was just like damn <laughs> uh and i feel like that's what you do well dude like whenever like the first time i saw you was at uh what was that place called above the, the throne pizza room. the throne room yeah, yeah. and like there was just I just remember so much energy and like that fieriness coming out in your set. I was like, damn, this guy I can't do that. That's not in me, but like it's getting me going, like it's getting me moving. Yep, that is that is me drinking way too much Mountain Dew. Mohawk also has identified with a Charizard for as long as I've known him. Oh, um, okay. at the more recent show where Mohawk was the headliner at Subterranean. Mm -hmm. uh kale shout out kale we love you papa yeah uh <laughs> uh mohawk yep. and kale figured out a way to make mohawk's visuals for like his set to be charizard doing the seismic toss to i think it was magmar oh, shit. so like the yeah it was magmar in uh god is that what is that episode called is it called volcanic panic or Battle of the Badge. I do not remember. I don't remember the name of the episode. It's when Ash was fighting um, Blaine, the fire type gym leader, uh -huh. and Ash is using his charge. Yeah, it was against Blaine. It was Ash's seventh badge, um, and it was one of the few times Charizard before the Orange Islands had actually listened to Ash in a fight, and we did not know that Charizard could use Seismic Toss because the only other time we had seen it is when Ash's primate used it in uh, the P1 Grand Prix a couple of episodes after it evolved. Um, which is wild to think about because Ash's Charizard is the Pokemon that helped Ash catch that Primeape because Mankey stole Ash's hat and then evolved into a Primeape and then Charmander beat the hell out of it using Rage for the first time. And we didn't know that Charmander could use Rage. And Charmander beat up Primeape and then Ash caught him and got his hat back because it was the only way for him to get his hat back. And then we learned that Ash won his hat in a sweepstakes. I remember everything. Dude, yeah, no, you're like encyclopedic about this. That's crazy. I got a uh, 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 hot take, hard-hitting question. If the Elite Four were the government, what could oh, Pokemon yeah. and Pokemon trainers do to fight the Elite Four? In real life. <laughs> we might need to be careful with this one. <laughs> it's a, it's a, I'm, I'm opening up a can of worms in a sense. I'm just like trying to i mean uh, you mean the government as we understand our government to be or the way they're kind of like the government um in the pokemon games because we don't know how the pokemon government works in the games we just know there was a war and then Cinto and, and then kanto and johto had the same pokemon league 
And we don't even know if, if Kanto went to war with Johto or, the, or what happened. The lore, I did not know. There's some crazy backstory. Yeah, no, I know a lot of the lore. Too. So it, yeah. it depends. Are you talking about like how America's government is, how our government is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if the elite four is like Trump and like Pence and whoever else the fuck, like what can the average person, you know, uh, trainer, Pokemon person do? I mean, if we're dealing with that, I, I wonder if they would even let us have Pokemon to begin with. This is a good point. Yeah. Because, like, if we're talking about, like, disenfranchisement, you know, a lot of black people wouldn't even have access to Pokemon training inherently because of racism. Like, we would have had to fight for our ability to own Pokemon. And I feel like having a Pokemon would be not dissimilar from a constitutional right to bear arms. And then there'd be a lot of illegal Pokemon training tra- uh, happening, a lot of illegal, like, Pokemon like selling happening um there'd be pokemart deserts for uh, sure. incarcerated folks like myself probably wouldn't be allowed to have pokemon um people on house arrest wouldn't be able to be near pokemon a lot of convicted felons would probably lose their right to have pokemon um temporarily if not permanently depending on the state and what they were charged with um there's a lot there's yeah, just, no, I didn't. It there. sounds dystopic in a sense. I never <laughs> it, thought it about would be it. Really so dystopic. Um, we would be drone bombing people with magnezones and and electrodes, like dropping, like imagine a bunch of magnezone flying over somebody and then dropping electrode, and those electrode using self destruct, and we're not even going to pick those electrode up. So like those electrode are just fainted until they wake up eventually. Or until somebody gives them a revive. So we're just, we're doing live warfare. And then we have to figure out, like, we also have to figure out if, like, some Pokemon count as Pokemon or if they're robots. Because, like, what is a Magnemite? Right? What is what is a Voltorb? What is a Golurk? If Golurk is literally, like, a golem that people made and it has a ghost in it, is the ghost a purse? Is the ghost inhabiting the Golurk shell? considered a person if it was the ghost of a person what do we do with ghost type pokemon for the ghost type pokemon that are the ghosts of people that got turned into pokemon like yamask like so there like, are a lot of ethical questions that i don't think you were prepared for no i was not prepared <laughs> question, the question kind of turned more into what would be the world if pokemon yeah. existed because the world as we know it would greatly I have to build that world to answer your question because I don't even know who would have Pokemon or not. Because, like, for a long time, women probably wouldn't have been allowed to be Pokemon trainers. Native American people would have had their access to Pokemon that are indigenous to this world relegated. There would have been a lot of invasive species Pokemon. Like, uh huh. Maybe, maybe this, like, maybe there are a lot of Saviper where there used to be Arbok because of what Pokemon and what's like who would be an analog for like uh, a Burmese Python and like what other snakes are like invading Florida right now. You know what I'm saying? Like there's just a lot of shit going on and like, mm, it'd just be, it'd be difficult. What Pokemon would be getting bred to like look cute or like perform tasks because you got to think about dog breeding Uh for the dog fighting illusion. Like, what Pokemon would be allowed to live in apartments with you? What Pokemon are going to be purebred? What Pokemon are going to be like the bulldogs of the world? Because, you know, bulldogs are so inbred in this country that, like, they have to have C-sections because the heads are too big to fit through the birth canal because of how we fuck them up. Um, They're just... I, I don't know even that. know if we'd be able to fight back because we treat animals so badly and we eat animals. Would we even be fighting with animals? Would we even be eating animals? Would be would we be eating the animals we fight with? Like, what do we do with Tauros if we eat beef? There'd be a lot of mill tanks in America for sure. Yeah, there'd be a lot of mill tanks. There'd be a lot of Tauros. What do we do with Blaziken if we eat poultry? What do we do with Swellow and Taylor? Like, there are some Pokemon that we might not even use for battle. I could see America as a country stockpiling the most dangerous Pokemon while like blowing other people up for wanting to have the same types of Pokemon. I feel like, like we would have. When you have animals, I was thinking about that. Would we even be using Pokemon anymore, or would we be using technology? Because Pokemon technology is advanced. Like 
being able to capture something, convert it into light, and then converting that light into data so you can store it in a PC, that's advanced shit. Yeah, that's dude, that shit's crazy. What the that's, <laughs> so, like, are we even using Pokemon for warfare anymore if we could do shit like that? Or would we just be replicating Pokemon in our technology and then sending robots out to do all of our warfare because using Pokemon is obsolete because there's no guarantee that your Pokemon are always going to obey you. Like imagine going into war with a Nidoking and then your Nidoking gets like a thorn in its foot and then goes nuts inside of your tank. And then you don't have a tank anymore and you don't have a you anymore because you got gored by your pet because it stepped on something. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, would there even be normal animals or would there just be like would there be normal animals that's the thing too pokemon hunt normal animals to extinction for the pokemon that do because like normal animals are not going to be able to compete with pokemon depending on the species of pokemon no i mean they're obsolete jake because not every because like not every pokemon is created equal mohawk you know what i'm saying what so like what in like in the dystopian world where, like, America is using Magnezone to, like, attack other countries for their Pokemon and resources, how, what if, like, the other country used Confuse Ray or Hypnosis on the Magnezone? Right, or worse, what if you go to a country where you, where, where they, because, like, everybody, because, like, let's say everybody's doing the whole, we're going to use metal weaponry, everybody's using Steel-type. God forbid somebody pull up to your war zone with a Charizard. Yeah. Or like yeah, or like a- some ground types. Like God forbid somebody show up with like anything that can use earthquake. What moves can you use on the battlefield? Yeah, like because, even like, hurt, even because like- not only ethically cuz like if we're doing no toxic warfare there can't be poison types in war. Um it's also like if you use like But that's you- all nuclear warfare is. And what do you do with Pokémon that do spread damage to their own allies? And like if you think about like the first movie like with like Team Rocket put armor on Mewtwo. Mm-hmm. Like, how does how does like and then Mewtwo like fought back? Like, there's no stopping that in a real world scenario either. Yeah, no, and there's no stopping people from making Mewtwo over and over again, saying we'll do it right this time. There's just there's a lot of stuff happening if you make Pokemon real. We're definitely um, a very scary. And Jurassic because Park and because America doesn't have the greatest track record, you know, I could literally see us actively drugging Pokemon to make them go more berserk and then parachute dropping them into towns with civilians just to do damage. I could see America doing that. I think they need to I make see America a real doing stuff world like that. Pokemon movie, like a, like some kind of theme park. <laughs> well, that would be fucking wild too, but like something where it's like Pokemon, but like more realistic or I don't know. Did you guys see the, uh, detective Pikachu? Like yeah. that was, I just recently saw that. I didn't finish it, but Mohawk, it was... did you like it? I liked it. Okay. Okay. I haven't seen That's it. Enough I heard said, it was yeah. really bad. <laughs> I think we got enough like Pokemon combo, and I think for the people that enjoy Pokemon, they're gonna be like, "Fuck yeah, this was amazing." <laughs> um, but we also talked about some real stuff. I don't know, dude. I just wanted to ask you like a couple wrap up questions. One of them, which sticks out to me, was just, you know, you got Jake and I over here. We're like these pasty white boys, fucking privileged by just being white. I don't know. I'm just like, I was thinking we could do like a short list of like the white guys, like do's and don'ts in your opinion. Because the first time that I saw you perform, you were like, I don't know what you said. You were like, raise your hand if you're white. And I was just like, it's me. And then Everybody you were just like, fuck y'all. And I was just <laughs> like, oh shit. Like, <laughs> But you know what I mean? Because it's like, as a white dude, I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, fuck, I'm just not going to do anything and not get involved with shit because I feel like I'm damned if I do it. I'm damned if I don't. But obviously that's not the way it has to be. I just think like, what what's some things that white dudes do that just like not cool? In regards to the white dudes' uh, do's and don'ts, um, just Google stuff and look up videos. Listen to a lot of Toni Morrison um, and, like, read a lot of books by, like, James Baldwin, Malcolm X. Uh, look, look up stuff Ida B. Wells was talking about and, like, Octavia, Octavia, uh, butler and, and other people you know what i'm saying like just 
Fannie Lou Hamer, you know what I'm saying? Uh, look up some of the stuff Marsha P. Johnson was talking about, you know, just understand that like black people are very tired and the, even the question we, what do you want us to do can be loaded sometimes outside of, you know, if you want a protest environment and an activist environment, or if somebody's like in literal danger, like, yeah, ask your black leadership what to do, but like in social situations, just go, go do the work as hard as you can because we tired yeah to understand like we very tired yeah okay that makes sense and yeah mohawk and i have had a lot of conversations about that especially in the fallout of george floyd brianna taylor and all of the recent protests and um of course with all of the black lives matter things that have been going on and all of the uh countless people that have not been uh some of the bigger names in the movement Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of what Mohawk said rings true. I mean, like it's, it's on us as white people to, to do the research and to relearn a lot of history and unlearn a lot of history. Something I've been, uh, learning about a lot is there was a lot that I didn't learn in school by, by design. Yeah. Um, there's a lot that all of us, especially in white communities did not learn by design. Um, I know I feel like an idiot. I'm just like, dude, I got no. Yeah. And I, I've I've been grappling with that. I've been grappling with a lot of the guilt. It's been mm-hmm. it's, and it's it's heartbreaking and it's a lot of it is just like understanding the factors that exist, understanding that Mohawk and countless and the entire black community is sick of this happening and and this is their livelihood all the time and doing what we can to acknowledge that and stand to defend when things are wrong and stand to aid the progress that they're hoping will be made it's not even it's less the the not doing nothing it's like like something mohawk has taught me very very well in just being friends with him is knowing that like i also have a voice and even though i'm not a black person and will never understand what it's like to be a black person using my voice to to stand for what's right and stand for what what they need yeah is is so important and totally. knowing that i have a voice and that it matters and that you also have a voice. or if you have a platform like the, yeah, yeah i mean like anyone can have i was hoping in some way that this podcast could just be like a cemented thing that people could digest and you know yeah i just think <clears throat> if you have a platform you should use it and i agree with that and that's something i've been learning through like watching your feed and it's <laughs> like you know, because I, I just sit, I live alone. I'm just like, you know, sure. I try to be off social media for a lot of the time because it just fucks with my head. And sometimes I feel uninformed. So I don't know. That's why I asked mm-hmm. you guys. So, and another thing is like knowing that much like what Mohawk just said, it's not Mohawk's responsibility or any black person's responsibility for you and I to know and gain the understanding that we need in order to help them as much as we can. Yeah. We need you and I need to do the homework and like, I'm not claiming to be an expert on any of this either. I still have a lot that I keep learning every single day. Yeah. But knowing that I need to do that and apply that to how I live and how I interact with other people. It's just something that you should be aware of. You're not just supposed to get stuck in your ways of like the community that you were born into, whatever. Like you should. Quite I mean, the dude, opposite, that's it. I would yeah, say. Yeah. You should go out and like <laughs> get engaged with all types of different people so you're not so sheltered, essentially. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right, man. Well, I just I have one more wrap up question. It's kind of a two part question, then we'll let you go. Um, mm-hmm. The question is. What was the first concert that you went to? I saw Patti LaBelle at some Chicago thing for free. Did okay. you really? That's amazing. Yeah, years ago. I had to have been 18, 19 years old. That was my first concert. That sounds incredible. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Okay, okay. And then the second part of the question is, what was the most like impactful, the most it, it had the most effect on you concert that you went to? Uh, first time I saw my ex sing live. Um, 
not all some like I still want her back shit. Just, you know, when, when you love somebody, you want to see them do good. And she got up there and she did. And I was proud of her then. And I'm proud of her now. She did a good job. Wow, that's like a very... That's really touching. Yeah, a touching one. I feel like people are just like, yeah, I fucking rolled Molly at a bass nectar or some shit. Like, that would be mine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I just went to her show very sober, very nerdy. R.I.P. Um, bass nectar, too. Yeah, R.I.P. Copy of Omega Ruby. Copy, copy of Omega Ruby in my 2DS, and I did listen to her sing, and I was like, this is great. And I went with one of my best friends, and we, uh, we were there supporting her. Um... She was singing American Boy by Estelle and Kanye. She was doing Estelle's part. So good, yeah. She was hitting the chorus, and and I think that was the first time I had heard her sing in a show. And good on, she did it. That's really great. Yeah, that's dope. I mean, I I get it. Like when I see like Jake, I don't I don't know you as well, Mohawk. But I mean, I feel like after this convo, I feel like I know you a little bit better. Um, but yeah, when you see your homies go up on stage, your girlfriend, whatever, it's just like I'm I'm mm-hmm. dialed in. Like you know what I mean? I'm like just hoping it goes well and like rooting for them. So it was crazy. Yeah. The, the first time I ever, the first time Mohawk ever performed after his relapse EP dropped, I. I'll admit, Mohawk, now that it's been some time, I wasn't super familiar with that EP. Like, I had heard the beats, I had heard the vocals over it, but I haven't given it, like, a thorough listen, aside from, like, being your homie and listening to it intently whenever it was around with me, you, and Cam. And mm-hmm. when, when I went on stage and Cam sent me the instrumentals for that, like, being behind the, the decks and watching you perform those and, like, manage the crowd and, like perform in between the songs and like have all these like bits and all of these different ways to engage the crowd was electrifying that was like i know i've been on this on this podcast with you before jerry and i think that was before i did that for mohawk that was one of the more impactful concerts i've ever been at not even just as the person djing like yeah like fully realizing mohawk's music in that moment while i was also like helping him do it to other people was crazy yeah, like that was like the solidifying moment yeah. where you were like, "Oh shit, like, this power!" Yeah, <laughs> it was unbelievable. Like it, it really was like a surge of energy, mm-hmm. as I'm sure we all felt from being there. I got the entire crowd to crouch with me, which is wild. <laughs> oh wait, I th- what? <laughs> was that at the throne room? I think so. Oh god, yeah, that was at throne room. So you might have been there for that. Yeah, yeah, I got the entire crowd to like, I got the entire crowd to jump up and down with me and sit down. Like, I, I. There are people who I think are way better live performers than me, but I think I have amazing crowd control. I think I can get a group of people to uh, rally behind me and do what I ask them to do very easily. He also has um, a he has a song called Mumblehawk that's literally just like satirical gibberish yeah. trying to pretend it's mumble rap. And he got the entire crowd to just go. <laughs> and, yeah, like, I got everybody to rap that way. You know, and it <laughs> helps when you're in the crowd before you go up dancing with them because they just think you're some random dude. Yeah, and then you're on stage, and you're like, "Yo, I dance with that guy," and then and then they and then they like you. <laughs> that guy's famous. And like I, I was that, just chilling with this him. Guy stole the show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I've done. I, I've even I even did that uh, at my uh, sub T show because some people had like never seen me before and was not, and they weren't a hundred percent percent sure if I was Mohawk Johnson, and uh, they was in the crowd turning up with me, and and then they were like, "It's Mohawk," and then I jump up there, and they're like, "Yo." That dude just gave me a glass of water and said he liked my shoes. <laughs> yeah. What? Why is your name Mohawk? Because I have one. Because he has a mohawk. Uh, that's what I thought, but I just I wasn't sure. That's it. <laughs> that's it. It's it's not deep. It's just like it's it's not. Yeah. It's just I have one and it sounds cool. It sounds as cool as it looks. That's it. Honestly, that's like, <laughs> that's the way to think. Honestly, is it cool? It sounds cool. Yeah. All right. Cool. You pull it off super well. Yeah. I just, there's nothing. There's nothing profound going on there. It's just yo, I have a mohawk. <laughs> <laughs> Word. My right. last name is Johnson. Yes. And then that's what I did. <laughs> Word. All right, man. Well. Dude, it's been a fucking pleasure. I honestly, we geeked out hard on this podcast, and I, I really enjoyed it. Is there, uh, is there anything else you want to just like let people know, Jake? If you got anything, like now's the time. Shout outs, 
last messages, whatever. Uh, shout out to all of the protesters who are still incarcerated um, or who are on house arrest who are being charged with felonies more steep uh, than a cop would be charged with if they broke into your house and shot you. Um, shout out to all y'all. Uh, shout out to all the black uh, femme people and black LGBTQ people and all the intersections in between those things who are like really on the ground doing the work. It's really like I know people like me get given a lot of platforms, but it's really like black women out here doing all the work. Like they're the ones organizing. They're the ones like starting stuff. They're the ones getting things together. Like people just people are pedestalizing me and like other men because of patriarchy and because we've been taught that men have to be in charge of things, um, especially if they get seen in public. But that's not how it works at all. It's really black women out here doing the work. And it's really like black trans people out here doing the work. So like shout out to all of them. Um, uh, shout out to Cam Stacy uh, and TYGKO. Um, and Harry. Harry was also on the album. Yeah, and Harry. Shout out to Harry. Uh, shout out to Nada. Um, yeah, uh, hashtag Free Mohawk. Uh, follow Free My Nigga Mohawk on Instagram and find out how you can help me not go to prison for longer than a police officer would if they shot me. Uh, yeah, that's all I got to say. Word. Yeah, definitely want to echo. Definitely want to echo all of that. Uh, the free my N word Instagram is a is a really good resource for specifically what's going on for Mohawk, but they also tangentialize into all the other movements, specifically in Chicago, that could be that really need people's help. Uh, please go follow there. Um, I don't want to use this to plug myself at all, but please go follow Mohawk on Instagram at Mohawk Johnson. Um, he's also the same on Twitter. Um, the there's also Venmos and Cash App accounts where you can donate to directly help Mohawk with the legal procedures that he's going through. Uh, Venmo, I believe, is free hyphen Mohawk, and Cash App is uh, Release the Beans, beans with a Z as in Z at the end. Hmm. Um, and again, I want to echo again uh, uh, support for Mohawk, support for all of the protesters and all the movements that are going on to try and have systemic change happen. And go check out Jake. I mean, he's good producer. Ellipsis. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, Ellipsis. Ellipsis did most of that album. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I sort of helped with a lot of it. but <laughs> I sort of did something there. I sort of produced five of the songs and all of the interludes. Shut up, Jake. <laughs> Love you, homie. Word. All right, guys. Well, good shit. Um, I'm gonna let's let's sign off. <laughs> Thank you for your time, Mohawk. Yeah, I'll see you soon. Yep. <laughs>